Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's right. It's the deep voice coming at you again. This is Larry Charles, one half of the hosting team of Game Dev Unchained, the podcast, the number one podcast about the video game development industry. And of course, I've got Mr. Brandon Pham. Mr. Brandon Pham. Hey, what's up, everybody? Well, please welcome this week's special guest and amazing character artist, uh, Damon Woods. How you doing? Hey, thanks a lot for having me, guys. What's hey, going on? Thanks for being here, man. It's uh, It's about time. <laughs> yeah i was like i think like a couple months ago i was like hey Devon, you should be on our podcast and he was like sure let's do it <laughs> yeah like, yeah and then time went by and before yeah. i knew it it had been like months <laughs> yeah he's like hey larry I, i'm i'm kind of leaving I'm, yeah. oh oh okay hold on hold on i got this i'm gonna set it up boom yeah. so <laughs> yeah moral of the story i'm not gonna go into recruiting because <laughs> uh so anyway uh Damon, do you want to take us through your resume a little bit and tell us kind of how you got your start in character art and maybe one or two of the good companies you work for yeah, definitely. Well, I've been uh, a 3D artist for five years, uh, right. character artist for, uh, I'd say, three of those five years. I uh, started off doing uh, pretty much everything in industry. I started off as a generalist uh, over at a, a small VFX studio over in uh, Hollywood called uh, Enhanced Digital. Okay. Uh, I did everything from character animation to rigging, modeling, lighting, just the whole works, you know, any odd job they needed. So I did that for a few months. Um, and then after that, uh, I went to an animation studio up in the valley, uh, a little bit farther north of there, uh, called Brain Zoo Studios. And uh, Brain Zoo Studios is more, uh, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I guess, a, a budgeted version of Blur, <laughs> where they do pretty much the same thing. They do, uh, you know, uh, CG trailers, commercials, uh, you know, cinematics for games, stuff like that. So um, that's really where I cut my teeth uh, as an artist. And I went in there as a generalist. Uh, doing pretty much the same odds and ends. And uh, as I kind of figured out what I liked doing the most, uh, which was character art, I started just focusing more of that first at home, uh, you, you know, just making personal projects, uh, just always giving my stuff, uh, myself something to work on at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty soon, uh, you know, I just started getting better and better at it. And uh, whenever they would throw me a character piece at work, um, you know, I, I did pretty well at it. So they kept giving me more and more until uh, I just became like the dedicated character artist there. And uh I was there for a few years, and then I left there, and I went to uh, Kojima Productions hey. to work on uh, Metal Gear 5, and that was a huge opportunity for me because uh, I'm a huge, huge Metal Gear fanboy, have been since I was a little kid, uh, so it was like a, a dream come true. So I, I walked into there just as a uh, – uh, it was my first dedicated character artist job, but it wasn't a junior position. It was actually a senior position. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone there is considered a senior character artist. Um, and so I walked in there as a character artist, and uh, yeah, I was there for a year um, mm-hmm. before all the <laughs> before the you know the wall started crumbling. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> you know, we kind of saw that coming, but uh, it was an awesome experience there. Um, and after that, um, I went over to Obsidian, uh, working with you, Charles, uh, Larry. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, it's uh, that was really awesome working on uh, you know Pillars of Eternity and some other stuff. I'm not allowed to <laughs> announce yet, but it's okay. Uh, but congratulations on all your success on Pillars, by the way. 
Oh yeah, thank you. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, I, I was there for six months, and now uh, I just recently got a position over at Encore uh, VFX, which is back up in Hollywood. Uh, so I'll be making that commute, and uh, I'll be working on uh, titles like uh, Supergirl, Flash, uh, Arrow, stuff like that as a character artist. So oh, congrats, man. Yeah, so that kind of ran you through my my last uh, five years of experience, and in between that time, I've been, uh, you know, doing work as uh, an instructor. Um, a little uh, in between um, Brain Zoo and Kojima, um, I was working at uh, I was instructor at the Art Institute in Hollywood, oh, um, nice. character art, um, teaching like ZBrush and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, even though uh, <laughs> I really had to like tackle my fear of uh, getting in front of people, uh, I know I'm not really a huge fan of uh, public speaking, and like they gave me a loaded class of 30 students, and then I had to like kind of <laughs> cut my teeth. It was like a baptism by fire, really, yeah. really crazy. So uh, well, I did that. Lucky for you, this is technically not public speaking. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're in your own home. Yeah, you know, like um. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's way better when you're just kind of at home. <laughs> you can be in your pajamas. You don't have to worry about all the little fidgety public speaking things that you know, like oh, are my hands in my pocket too much or am I making eye contact? <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, with that experience, I was able to get um, a position at CGMA, CG Master Academy, wow. which is teaching right now. I've been there for uh, uh, since July, and uh, that's where I've really been putting out a lot of uh, my tutorials. Um, you know, I. Uh, I do a online class. There's a 10 week character art class. Um, and on the side, you know, uh, one of the ways that I got that position was, uh, I do a lot of, um, work for magazines. I do a lot of tutorials. Uh, I've been doing those for years, actually. Um, those are, that was my first exposure really as a character artist before I was even doing it, uh, for a living. I was, uh, you know, I was working on my personal projects. Sometimes these magazines would hit me up and be like, "Hey, how'd you make, you know, how'd you do this part or that part of that character? Could you write a tutorial for us?" And uh, I kind of got into it that way. And CGMA is kind of like the same deal, so uh, it was good practice for that. So I've been doing that ever since. So that's my whole resume there. (laughs) Thank you. I want to just G-check you for a moment because you said I've been a friend of Metal Gear since I was a kid. Now, are we talking, you know, Metal Gear Solid or are we talking Metal Gear for Nintendo? Metal Metal Gear. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those are two different things. Yeah. So Metal Gear. And it's funny because as a kid, I remember playing it. uh, I sucked at it, (laughs) by the way, (laughs) because I was a little kid and I was so used to playing, you know, games like uh, Contra and stuff like that where you just – run through and shoot everything that moves and metal gear you know obviously you gotta you know it's stealth based and all that so even mm-hmm. though i was you know totally you know getting owned in the game by the computer I was, I was still enjoying it for some reason and like that was my first uh metal gear game and then when solid came out for ps1 you know it it was like uh years later i think i played you know metal gear it was like 1985 or something like that mm-hmm. and metal gear if i'm if I'm correct, it was like 90, 97, 98 when that game came out. Yeah, I think freshman so, year high school for me, so that yeah. was around 98, yeah. Yeah, same for me. And so uh, I remember it was like, you know, it was like, oh, Metal Gear. I, I remember playing that for Nintendo. They're making, they're remaking it or, you know, I didn't really know much about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then when I finally got my hands on it, immediately, like the first time, you know, when Snake's getting in that uh, that submarine, that, you know, that personal submarine, he pops his head out of that water and like the the credits are still playing as you're doing you know like the, your first part of the mission and how mm-hmm. cinematic it was i was hooked yep. yeah i was like just you know i was like wow i didn't know video games could be like this you know yeah. it, was, it yep. was crazy so that was like a watershed uh moment for me 
Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're a true fan of that series and you got the opportunity to work on the game. So it's always good when people get to achieve dreams like that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> what the hats, man? What was it like in the inside while everything was going down at Kojima? Oh, you know, it was, uh, I was in the uh, L.A. studio. Right. So oh, okay. we were kind of removed from all the drama. Uh, I mean, Kojima... Uh, we call him Kojima son, you know, or boss. Sure. Uh, when he would come through the office, uh, he he looked fine. I mean, he he didn't seem stressed. He was always in high spirits. He didn't look like any drama was going down behind the scenes. You know, he had his entourage of people that were with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was no uh, friction there. But you know, we would always just hear. It was kind of like the kids finding out their parents were getting divorced, gotcha. <laughs> and like, you know, we uh we. You know, there's nothing we could do about it. We just had to find out when everyone else did. You know, we didn't know why they were fighting. We probably never will. But uh, that was kind of a, a crazy time because uh, I just gotten my dream job. I was ready to work there for the rest of my life, you know, because Metal Gear games, you know, they only come out like every six years. So I was like, dude, I could totally work here for another six years on Metal Gear 6. Yeah. Then another six years on Metal Gear 7. I was totally prepared for that. And then when, you know, like about eight months into working there, when stuff started going down i was like oh man you gotta be kidding me and also um the pt trailer that came out um we were actually some of the first people to see that um, oh, wow. um in the in the little theater that they had there and immediately the whole character team we were like dude we want we need to work on this game like i want <laughs> yeah. we were so we were so hyped to work on anything on that game like you know we just our, our imagination just running wild like all the cool creatures and all that stuff that we could uh we could do and then Literally, like a few weeks after we saw that, is when everything started going down, and then that kind of that dream kind of faded away. So that's oh. kind of that was kind of rough, but uh, you know, I mean, it was an awesome experience working there. Uh, I have nothing but great things to say about the uh, people. Actually, uh, me and a bunch of uh, former Kojima employees, we just had lunch today. Um, a bunch of guys actually uh, got jobs down in Irvine, ironically. So oh, nice. we would like you know get lunch every once in a while, so we got some ramen together and just kind of like you know reminiscing about. <laughs> All that, so I mean, everyone, everyone there was definitely awesome. So nothing but good things to say about the people there. It's just you know some of the top brass, I guess you know just uh, didn't see eye to eye uh, yeah. with Kojima, and that's you know that's unfortunate, that can, man. It yeah. sounds like they had something really powerful. You know, the team that believed in the projects that were excited to work on. You know, the oh, yeah. two uh, franchises, and then to lose it all. It just, I hope it's not a pride thing. I, I don't know which side is you know the catalyst for everything breaking down. I'm assuming it's obviously not so much the Kojima side. I I I don't want to believe that you know he was walking it. Obviously, he was pushed out for some reason. So I don't know. Well, yeah. how big was the uh, the L.A. campus? Like how how big? How many people were there? Um, well, size like the size of the campus was actually a really good size, but the amount of people there was maybe fifty to seventy people. Okay. Um, it wasn't a huge team. We uh we worked you know um hand in hand with the uh japan team which was like the mother base and then we yeah. were kind of like a uh like a sister studio i guess yeah <laughs> it, they were actually the the comparison they made and I, I wasn't really we, we none of us were like big fans of this comparison but uh um so a little backstory in the in the studio when you walk in to your left there's a huge like 10 foot tall canvas um that shinkawa son yoji shinkawa mm-hmm. you know art director you know the guy that direct uh developed all the the designs for everything the characters and stuff he made this huge amazing um ink brush uh painting of um, of solid snake and meryl 
mm-hmm. from uh, Metal Gear Solid, and they were kind of back to back with the guns drawn. It was really cool. And uh, the the symbolism of that painting was that um, the Japan studio was Solid Snake, and then we were Meryl. So that's how they looked at us. Oh, I was like, cool. I guess that's kind of cool, you know, because Meryl's pretty cool. But then you think about it, I was like, well, Meryl, Meryl always needs to be rescued and yeah. <laughs> dealing with, like, daddy issues. And, like, yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know about, you know. <laughs> but that's kind of how they – that's that's the analogy that they made for us. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of funny to me, too. Um, I'm going to do a quick name drop. Did you ever work with uh, Avinash over there? Yeah, definitely. Avinash was, uh, he he served kind of like as a technical director, um, technical artist role over there. He was, he bailed me out more times than I can think of whenever. (laughs) The Fox Engine, because the Fox Engine was like a super, first of all, it was new, so there's no support for it at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was funny because every time you would get an error or anything like that, I guess whoever developed the engine they had a sense of humor. So whenever there was an error or it was about to crash, a little t- uh, little um, like cartoon version of Otacon would pop up, <laughs> and it would be a little word bubble. And inside the word bubble, that whatever the error was was written in Japanese. Nice. <laughs> so it was literally like think of like you know learning a game engine is literally in another language. So there's like nothing they didn't, they didn't translate half of it. So Avanos just knew he knew the engine so well yeah. that he could just you know whenever it had an error he can just come over and fix it for me. So he was you know at my desk you know all the time. So yeah, <laughs> it was awesome working with him. When yeah. uh, how do you know him? So we worked with him at Spark on Lost okay. Planet Three. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, cool guy. Did you know uh, Jerron? I think he was there yeah, too. Jerron Thompson, uh, yeah, Jerron Thompson, recruiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He recruited me. Over yeah, there. I was going to ask you. My, uh, <laughs> you got my story. If Jerron's listening, shout out Jerron. Thanks for getting me my foot in the door in the game industry. That was yeah. awesome. Shout out to Jerron. Shout out to Avanash. So wait, yeah. Jerron got your foot in the door in the game industry. So that sounds like an actual long term relationship kind of thing between you guys. Uh, no, the, um, he was he recruited the, uh, him there. Yeah, he recruited me there. He so was the, uh, he was at uh, Kojima. But yeah, Kojima was, was your first game industry job then. Yeah, that was my first game industry job. Ah, uh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'd done like some freelance stuff for uh, game companies, and I'd done, uh, you know, worked on those cinematic trailers for games yeah. at Brain Zoo. Yeah. But uh, Kojima was my first game industry job. I started off in the VFX uh, world, um, and nowadays, you know, both those industries really cross pollinate a lot when you're yeah. an artist. Um, I don't think I, I can't speak for other disciplines, but as an artist, as a character artist. Um, they definitely love to game industries. Definitely love to bring in um, animators and modelers because you know they're trying to close that gap between mm-hmm. uh, you know game res and cinematic res. So yeah. uh, uh, you know it's really an awesome time to jump back and forth between those industries. So uh, Jaron, you know, just saw some of my stuff once again, the stuff from my magazines and uh, the stuff, the personal works that I had put out, um, and he hit me up. He sent me an art test, and uh, yeah. Um, All right. You know, fortunately, everything worked out, and I got a, a position there. But yeah, he was definitely uh, instrumental in getting me in there. So I, I've got a funny story about Jaron. Actually, uh, the first <laughs> time I saw his name, it was spelled wrong. And oh, really? I thought that that's just how you spelled his name. So every freaking email I sent to the guy, it oh, was G E N R O N, Genron. Every <laughs> single one. And that's he never corrected me. He never like, hey, man, stop spelling my name wrong. But I feel like an idiot because like. You just kept note of it. I can't. <laughs> yeah, mentally he's like. Yeah. <laughs> like all right, Larry. No, it was, it's terrible. It's terrible. Genron, but, it's, yeah. It sounds like when you collect all the uh, Dragon Balls, you summon Genron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Genron, I've got all the Dragon Balls. Please get me a job at Kojima. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. I felt like I had to collect all those. That art test was uh, not easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
It probably would have been easy final seven Dragon Balls. Well, that says a lot about your artistic ability. And uh, I'm going to drop a link to your portfolio site in the show notes. So anyone who's listening, just so that you know this guy is legit and we're not bringing on boo-boos, uh, <laughs> go check out Demon Wood's profile. It's in the show notes. Click on it right now and keep listening to the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, Thanks for the plug. <laughs> of course. Well, Damon, like you, you were mentioning, like you, you were getting a lot of attention from all the tutorials you were doing. Is that something that? How, how exactly did you start on that? Were you just work on personal stuff and posting yeah, you know, it on forums? It just started off as yeah, doing my own personal stuff. Um, when I, uh, like I said, when I first got into the well, even backing up, you know, back to AI when I uh, when I was in uh, when I went to the art institute, I just always. Uh, like to do my own work, you know, like the assignments, so many assignments were cool and, you know, I like doing them, but I always got the most joy out of like making my own pieces and making my own work. Um, and when I got out of school, you know, I, I started doing a lot more of that. Like, uh, when I was at work, you know, doing my, when I was a generalist, um, you know, doing odd jobs and stuff like that, I wasn't getting a, a ton of satisfaction from it. I was happy to be in the industry and it was awesome collecting the paycheck and, you know, and I, I was fortunate enough, I was one of the few fortunate people to get a job right after school. So I was definitely happy about that, but I, I still felt like, uh, you know, I wasn't really doing what I wanted to do. So, you know, I, I started, I was in constant contact with like, uh, my teachers and stuff, trying to figure out, you know, what it is that I should do that to make me happy. At one point I was like, maybe I want to be an animator. Then I was like, maybe I want to be an environment artist, vehicle artist. And, I just kept on messing around with stuff, and I found that, like, working on characters was the thing that I could do, like, you know, all night long and, you know, like, not be looking at the clock and just it it, make, it made me, you know, just uh, kind of motivated. So I started focusing on that, and I would just give myself uh, assignments to do. Like, I would just, you know, if I saw some cool concept art, uh, you know, I'd, my model of that, uh, when I first uh, – when I first started doing it, actually, uh, Anthony Jones, I, uh, I would model his concepts like all the time. I was in love with his stuff. Uh, the concept artist, Anthony Jones, Robot Pencil. Give yes, a shout, out. shout out to shout Anthony out. Jones, Robot yeah. Pencil. They're really good guys. Uh, yeah, and he's, uh, he's really awesome with, you know, if you ever want to model his stuff, he, you know, he's super honored and he's super gracious about it. So uh, I would like just, he would even like, you know, send me uh, like, you know, the, the file, you know, he would, he would send me like stuff uh, that I could, you know, that would be good to model. And uh, I would just model whatever I could and uh, challenge myself. And uh, I started just making these personal pieces. And uh, after a while, you know, I, I was doing these full body characters. And then I did a, a bust for the first time. I did uh, a Tuskegee Airman. Oh, nice. Um, it was the uh, it was a guy just from the shoulders up, uh, you know, just like a 19, uh, you know, a 1940s uh, pilot. And uh, that was my first piece that got exposure. I put that up on um, CG Society. And the next day I got an email. Um from 3d world magazine and they said hey we really like your piece uh would you would you let us uh post that in the magazine i was like of course you kidding me so <laughs> i was like that's like it was amazing i thought it was like a prank email and yeah. you know and, and they posted it they put it in their magazine and that was really awesome and then i was like wow this is really uh this is really something and so i kept on just making more and more pieces and the next piece that i got published was uh my bebop character mm-hmm. i remember um, that so, one yeah so uh that one was just like what i said like that was just I, uh, that was before the Ninja Turtles movies came out or anything. I was always a big fan of Ninja Turtles, and I was like, I wonder what it would be like to, you know, see that guy, and you know, and like, you know, uh, a high res version of him. So I just kind of concepted him, concepted him myself because I was tired of bugging AJ all the time for concepts. Because <laughs> I think I, at that point I had modeled like four of his things, and I was like, dude, I need to stop spamming one guy. So I was like, well, let me try, you know, designing one of my own. So mm-hmm. I kind of I drew him out first, uh, you know, I, uh, in Photoshop, I just drew him out. And uh, then I started modeling them, and uh, you know I finished them up. And then once again, I get an email um, 
from 3D World Magazine. They're like, hey, you know, we really like this Bebop character. Would you let us post <laughs> this? And also, um, would you mind writing like a, tu- a tutorial, like, you know, like two or three page tutorial kind of showing us how you did certain certain elements? And uh, I was like, definitely. And so, uh, you know, I started getting to work on a tutorial, um, trying to point out little things that I thought people would be interested in, you know, learning. I, at that point, I, I'm, I was still so green. I was still such a noob. I was like, what, what do I have to tell anyone that they probably don't already know or they couldn't Google themselves? You know, I was kind of like, are you sure, you know, you got the right guy? So I was like, <laughs> just kind of so, trying to, you know, point out little things here and there that might be interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, I sent it over to them, and sure enough, they published that. They published the, uh, you know, they they gave the Bebop a full page spread, and they gave a, and they put the tutorial in there, and that was awesome. Um, and that's kind of like what got the ball rolling. And then I just started steadily, you know, every other piece that I um, posted, you know, I, I start getting, uh, you know, hit up by um, different magazines like 3D Artist, 3D World, uh, and they would, you know, just ask me to do a, a tutorial, and then. You know, it, it, they they got easier and easier because um, mm-hmm. at first it was like very daunting. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I just, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. I was still so new to it. I was like, why, you know, what do I have to tell people? Like people are going to be reading this who have been doing this for 10 years and they're probably going to look at how I do it and scoff at it. It's like, oh, I can't believe that guy does that in ZBrush. What a noob. Or, you know, <laughs> like I didn't know anything. And so, uh, you know, I started getting good feedback from it. And uh, every once in a while, people would email me like, hey, you know, I actually learned something from that. And that, that was like a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I was, you know, when I took the job at AI, that was kind of like me uh, trying to take that to the next level and be like, well, I wonder if I can, you know, uh, do this in front of a live audience, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a completely different experience. But uh, it was really awesome. Well. It all looks good to me. I'm actually still kind of thumbing through your portfolio site right now. I found uh, you have a whole slide of 2D art. I thought it was just yeah. the, the Zod cover, but I clicked oh, yeah. on it, and there's like a whole stream of 2D art. So I'm looking at your 2D art right now as well. Yeah. You so. know what? Like, uh, I was, I was uh, reluctant to just put all those art, those 2D art pieces up separately on my website because I didn't want it to be like a half and half thing. And uh-huh. uh, I was always told to like, you know, focus on your strengths. And I, I felt like my. 3D stuff was my strength. Yeah. Um, when I when I graduated, I think that um, that 2D art actually took precedence. I think it was the main thing in there. But mm-hmm. I was like, well, am I you know am I trying to market myself as a concept artist or an illustrator or what? You know, those those drawings in there are just literally those are all from school from mm-hmm. when I was at AI okay. and just messing around doodling. Like yeah. uh, I worked in the student store at AI. There's a lot of downtime. Uh, yes. So no one reads, I guess. Yes. <laughs> it was in a bookstore, and so uh, I would be in there all day. Um, and I had a really awesome boss. He would let me just use whatever art supplies in the store to make uh, to make whatever I felt like it. <laughs> wow! So I just drew all day long. I would draw like weird cartoons and fan art and illustrations, and you know, kind of decorate the student store with it. Uh, if you needed like an advertisement, you know, if we're having like a twenty percent off sale on paint, I would like draw some crazy like character that had like a futuristic paint gun and you know <laughs> and then like whatever room was left i'd be like oh 20 20 percent off paint or whatever you know so uh i just would scan all those in and then i just kind of you know i didn't want to get rid of them so they're just kind of kind of haunting my website <laughs> every time i every time i update my website i'm like almost about to like delete the 2d stuff just because i'm like well you know do i even need this on here but actually like some people still want to see that so for yeah. all you uh you know, aspiring 3D artists out there, um, a lot of employers actually like seeing that at Obsidian. One of the reasons they got the job there is because uh, the art director there, uh, Brian Menzi, 
he uh, that's like a big thing for him. He wants to see that you have 2D skills uh, on top of the 3D stuff. And so yeah. that actually helped. He was actually more interested in my 2D stuff than, uh, the you know, talking about polygons and stuff. So uh, that actually helped me. And that's another name worth uh, underlining, uh, Brian Menzies. Shout out to Mr. Yeah. Mr. Brian Menzies. He's been <laughs> holding down Obsidian for, like, what feels like decades now. That guy is uh, OG. Yeah he's, OG. yeah, he's definitely OG. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> he, his background's in comic books, isn't it? He's a huge yeah. comic book fan. Yeah. I think he has like Comic Book Tuesdays or Comic Book Win- one of these day one of the days of the week. Him and a bunch of dudes get together and they go to a comic book store, and they spend their whole lunch just browsing comics. Yep. Yeah, they were doing that when I first worked at Obsidian. Actually, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I went once or twice, but. <laughs> so bringing the the spotlight back to you though, uh, you did mention that you got into you know making tutorials online and selling those. Now, can I ask you, was this? something that you felt like you needed to do like, Oh man, like this is going to be a revenue stream that I need to take advantage of. Or do you find that you were just exploring the idea, you know, cause the answer to this question will lead into my next question. That's why I'm asking. Well, I mean, I feel like, uh, when it comes to like, you know, spreading knowledge and stuff, mm-hmm. I usually like to just help out wherever I can. Like when people email me questions, like I'm, I'm usually good at like, you know, getting right back to them and email, you know, and, and answering a question for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as time go, went by and I started getting more and more knowledge, like I said, when I first started off, I wasn't even – I didn't even feel confident that what I had to say was even like useful. Um, and as time went by and I learned more and you know, I've worked at more and more studios, worked on more projects and I have more to offer um, and I have more to say. And so when you have like – you know, it's, it's important to understand your value as an artist and when you have something that's really you know useful um, to people, then you know you want to put it out there. But also, obviously, you know your time is you know precious. Your time is valuable, and everything. Yeah. Every every you know minute that I'm spending making a tutorial, that's a minute that I've decided not to you know take a freelance project or mm-hmm. do something else. So um, that's a good way as an artist to give back and still you know uh, you know make some money for yourself, but also you're you're giving to the community at the same time. It's a little bit uh, less selfish, I guess, than just sitting in my lair and, you know, making <laughs> my own art for myself all the time, you know, spread the knowledge a little bit. And people are, you know, really uh, receptive to it. I mean, uh, the Gumroad community has really taken off. Um, I know tons of artists that are on there, you know, uh, from uh, Frank Singh to, once again, AJ and it's a bunch of people. Um, I just convinced another artist friend of mine from Kojima to start uh, making Gumroads. He's, you know, he's really good at Marvelous Designer, which is like the new mm-hmm. hot program out there right now for character artists. And uh, he's got a ton of experience with that. And I was like, dude, you need to, like, share that. Like, you know, start making some gum roads uh, in your spare time. And uh, he's probably going to get into that. Because people, people have been begging him for it. Mm-hmm. They've been like, dude, please make a gum road. I would, you know, gladly pay that, you know, dollar an hour, $2 an hour that those videos usually go for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really useful for people. I mean, uh, when I was in school, um, the main videos available were uh, those Nomen videos, the Nomen DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are really awesome, but I can never afford them. They were like eighty or ninety bucks yeah, per seriously. disc. It was crazy. I a mean, DVD uh, back in the day when you couldn't fit like a <laughs> whole lot of content on the DVD, right? Exactly, and that DVD also had like project files and stuff on it, so exactly. it wasn't even like they weren't even using all the data for videos and stuff. But yep. I mean, it was definitely priceless that information in there. But uh, I can afford that. So, but you know, that's because you know a lot of it has to do with you know they're printing on physical media yeah. and. They got all these high production values, and it's got like its own soundtrack and all this stuff. Um, you know, these these smaller tutorials that we do that I do, um, they're just kind of like you know, it just gets right to it. 
Um, you know, you you know, you're kind of in and out, and uh, I only focus on the important aspects of it, so you can you know learn what you need to learn and uh, start making art for yourself. And because of that, um, you know, you can you don't have to charge an arm and a leg for them. Yeah, uh, it's really convenient for everyone. So I think that's really the way uh, things are going now. Um, even though Nomen is still great, and uh, you know, shout out to Nomen because uh, uh, they've definitely been uh, really cool too. Uh, they they invited me to that Zebra Summit, which was really cool. Um, but you know, not everyone can afford that. Yeah, and so, no one has helped a lot of people find careers, so they definitely exactly. deserve a, a plug. Exactly. I, uh, a good friend of mine, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he wants everyone to know this story, but I will <laughs> say this. A good friend of mine is a character concept artist and character artist, actually. He said when we were at AI together, he was like, screw this school. I'm not paying this money. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna get all the Nomen DVDs I can find. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take them home. I'm going to study them, and I'm going to be a character artist. And he later went on to work for Blizzard. He worked uh, Toys for Bob. He worked uh, at a couple of other companies, uh, EA as well. Uh-huh. Uh, quote, unquote, self-taught. And he saved, I don't know, how many thousands of dollars yeah. by not completing his expensive AI education. You know, so. yeah. Oh, man. Every time I, I get my uh, my Sally Mae statement, I'm like, mm. man, I wish I could have done the same thing. Because mm. I went, I took the full load. I went to uh, AI. I got my bachelor's degree. Yep. Um, you know, and I... I financed all of it through student loans and I don't regret a second of it because sure. it definitely, uh, some people can just do that. Some people can just go home and like just watch, um, tutorials and just pick up every nuance of the industry that they're about to get a job in. But for me, like, you know, I, the motivation's there, but like, I don't think the, the know how to get all the resources would have been there. I, I would have been, I think my skill set would have been way more raw. I think it would have taken a lot, lot longer yeah. to get my foothold in the door because not only all the connections that I made, you know, uh, just networking with uh, other students at AI, but just uh, all the resources there. But uh, people who can do that, I love those stories because it, it feels like they 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 beat the system. Like they, yeah. it's like it's like Andy from Shawshank Redemption. Like he yep. found that tunnel, and he, you know, he just circumvented all that other crap, and uh, you know. And, and found a way through it because uh, yeah, there's a lot of dudes like that that uh, that can just you know teach themselves. They know where to look. They know uh, you know how to how to you know assess what their their weaknesses are without you know any like instructor telling them, and just like work on that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it takes a lot of discipline, but if you can do it, then you're saving yourself a whole lot of financial hardships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the yeah you know, the dreaded art school question. Everyone, there's different camps to that. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to uh, pick one side definitively or not. You know, for me, anyways, because I know so many people that did go to school that benefited, and then I know yeah. the other side too. So personally, I feel like I'm in the same boat as you. Like I also went full load, uh, room and board included, and so I had a hefty oh, yeah. AI <laughs> bill when I left. But yes. when I think about the experience, who I got to meet, the places I got to work because exactly. of relationships I started or built through my experience there, uh, I'm happy with my choice. I'll just say that. I'm happy exactly. with my choice. Me too. Me yeah. too. Couldn't have said it better. Because, yeah, like, uh, especially, like, you know, I'm just, like, when I'm just, where I know myself, uh, mm-hmm. like, the especially the networking and getting connections part, I would just be in my, in my, you know, room with my computer like Schmeagol just like you know <laughs> like just like my my tablet is my precious and I just yeah. never go outside and I just like make all this art because there's a lot of people like that that you know have these awesome portfolios and put out all this art but they don't talk to anyone and mm-hmm. they have no connections and like I've had people even 
uh, that live in like uh, Indiana and stuff like that, and they're like, "Hey, you know, how do you get into the job industry?" And I'm like, "Well, first of all, you know, you're you're in the you're in Indiana. You're kind of out in the boonies. Have you thought about you know you're right by Canada? If you think about you know going up there, or, mm-hmm. or or even coming to LA just to visit to go to some of these conventions and and network with people? And they they were like, "Oh no, that that sounds like a lot of work. I just really want to stay where I am and just you know, can I just like." You know, make my you know my name known enough just by doing stuff at home. I'm like, well, that, that's kind of like, you know, you're taking the hard route there because it's it's really hard to get in this industry. It's so small by yourself. Yeah. There's so many great artists out there that you know have a, par- a hard time finding work because they don't have the connections. And so you know, finding those connections is essential. And I know myself, uh, if I hadn't gone to AI, I would have had that same problem. I would have been even living in California, Southern California, I would have had a hard time making connections because it's just like, you know, then you have to like, you have to buy your E3 pass or your, you know, GDC pass. You got to go there. You got to actually talk to people, human beings, you know, <laughs> and like make connections and stuff like that. And uh, I was never good at like, you know, making myself do that. I always had to have like, you know, a friend that was really good at that. And then I would like, you know, kind of fit in, you know, and start talking to people. Well, uh, Kind of going into, um, you were mentioning, you know, you're being kind of coy with your being disciplined or not <laughs> going the AI route, but it sounds like you're a pretty prolific artist, uh, outputting a lot of cool looking characters in your spare time. Um, were you always like that? I always ask this question to, to our, our guests, uh, mainly because, you know, the, the habit forming aspect of it is is very interesting to a lot of these uh to our audience really like doing something outside of work um like can you kind of walk us through what your typical day is and how, what worked for you and what didn't and how how were you able to continue to pump out awesome work even after like a hard day uh hard eight hours yeah yeah definitely well i mean for me i've always had like a drive to I've always had like I've been like uh let's see what's a good example like uh you watch like the close encounters of the third kind when the guy like gets zapped by the UFO and he becomes obsessed with building that mountain everywhere he goes he makes it with the mashed potatoes he makes it with you know whatever he can find like when I have a a piece of art in front of me that's kind of how I get I kind of zone into it mm-hmm. and uh you know I just kind of obsess over it I've always been like that as a kid uh it wasn't as focused like I always knew that about myself like if i was uh whether i was coloring a coloring book or uh the first time it really uh was uh apparent to me was in high school i took a ceramics class and uh it was just about a pottery class you know you just make like pots and stuff like that mm-hmm. but uh when i was in that class i hardly ever touched a potter's wheel as soon as they put that block of clay in front of me i just started sculpting characters with it mm-hmm. and i started making like people and creatures and i made like this dragon and the art teacher, luckily, he was really cool. He just kind of let me. He still gave me grades based on how good the, the character looked and not, like, you know, making a pot out of it. Sure. <laughs> and I will be obsessed. I remember because uh, I, I, uh, I was a student athlete at the time, so I was like, uh, on the basketball team. And there was a couple times when my basketball coach had to go in there and drag me out of the pottery class because I forgot practice. I forgot to go to practice. It was, like, mm. that crazy. He like come in there and yell at me. He knew exactly where to find me, which was funny. <laughs> and I would like be at basketball practice with clay under my fingernails, and I just realized, <laughs> you know, that like this is definitely like I I, I was almost like, dude, I like have an obsession. This is weird. Yeah. So like, I always had that. And later on, um, when I I still you know even though it it was right there in front of me, I should have knew what I should have been doing, like with the uh, uh-huh. clay and stuff. I started 
you know, just trying a bunch of different things. At one point, I wanted to be a comic book artist. And so uh, I came up with this, you know, a bunch of different ideas for comic books. And I would just sit in my room every day after going to work. I had a job where I would work uh, a 12 to – or it was a, a 1 to 10 shift, a 1 p.m. to 10 wow. p.m. shift. And uh, I would get home and I would just, you know, turn on my, my little desk lamp and I would just start drawing these comic books. I would put on uh, Adult Swim on the background, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, I would be listening to – and like I knew what time it was uh, depending on which anime was on. So if Cowboy Bebop was on, I knew it was midnight. And if, uh, you know, Inuyasha was on, I knew it was 1 o'clock in the morning. And I would, sometimes I would, I would be drawing until the sun came up. Wow. It's like obsessive like that. And so it just – kept on going like that you know as i tried to figure out what i wanted to do sometimes i wanted one you know some days i wake up and i want to be a comic book artist some days i woke up and i wanted to be a painter and then like uh when i went to ai it started focusing me a little bit more which was another benefit of going to art school and uh as i saw other awesome artists uh you know i i got um you know me and uh frank singh um you know uh, lead character artist over at naughty dog right now another shout out uh, i went to school with him um, and he was like, you know, ZBrushing characters, like, oh, what's that that you're doing? He's like, oh, it's called ZBrush. You know, you can like sculpt, uh, but it's on the computer and you use a tablet. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this changes everything, you know. And, <laughs> and like, you know, I started meeting different character artists, you know, people who want to be character artists at AI. And that's where it kind of like started clicking, um, even though it was very late. It was like uh, in, very late in my AI career. I think I was like six months from graduation when I finally kind of discovered ZBrush and all that cool stuff. And uh, I still graduated as a generalist. And, you know, like I said before, I started working as a generalist. But that um, I caught that bug right at the last second in AI uh, for character art. And that's kind of where it started. So um, that's kind of like where I get my drive is, is basically, uh, you know, I just – I always give myself uh, like projects to work on mm-hmm. that I'm interested in. That's the main thing. I think. I think uh, going into the other part of your question about um, what some things not to do. Um, I see a lot of people who who are trying to get a job in a character art in- industry or art in general, and they they start trying to do what they think other people want, and what other people want to see. Um, maybe if, for instance, if they're into like medieval creatures. Um, but they think that everyone, because Star Wars is out right now, everyone wants to see you know um, clean looking sci fi stuff. So they try to make a bunch of like hard surface sci fi stuff, and they're not really into it. And you know, if you're not into it, and you're just doing it for someone else. You're gonna burn out really fast, yeah. especially you know, you know, the the type of the time commitment it takes to work on these things. So if you're working on something you're not really into, just because you think that's what employers want to see, because you think that's what's gonna get you the most Facebook likes, um, <laughs> that's that's what's you know, uh, a mistake. I think what you really need to do is figure out whatever it is. Like, you know, I made my, you know, when I, when I was working on that bebop character, I just did that. Cause I like Ninja Turtles. I wasn't like, Oh, the people, I didn't even know that they were making a, a Ninja Turtle movie. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, I was like consciously like, Oh, Michael Bay's working on a Ninja Turtle movie. I should show them how good I can do a Ninja Turtle character. It wasn't like that at all. It was just like, Hey, I, I remember that cartoon from the nineties. Like that would be cool to see them all you know grimy and you know realistic and yeah, yeah. that's all i that's that's all it was it was my inner 12 year old just wanting to express something and uh it's my it's your own time when you're working on these characters at home it's your own time so you know do it for yourself really be a little selfish do what you want to see and if you that that's the beautiful thing of it with art is you know if if you're putting all of yourself into it if it's really coming through from what you love then other people are going to pick up on that and it's really going to come through to them, even if it's not like their cup of tea, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I've seen a bunch of stuff uh, like on ArtStation and stuff like that, that I'm, I'm not 
particularly into. You know, I'll see like all kinds of like Final Fantasy fan art, and you know, I never really was a big Final Fantasy fan, but like just you could see the love that went into it, all yeah, the little yeah. details, and you still got to be like, wow, that's really awesome. You know, this this person has definitely got the juice, whatever it is, and so I think that's uh, a main thing to do is just do what you do what makes you happy, and also don't worry about. Um, this is another thing that I I made the mistake of doing. Um, even though I was doing like you know the characters I want to do, I I tried to execute them in a way that I thought would you know maybe get me a job. So sometimes I would uh, put a little bit too much thought into like how good the topology was or where mm-hmm. I u- what I used to render it in. It's like oh you know employers probably care about Unreal, and so I should render everything in Unreal or something like that. And I'll I'll, I'll start going down that path and I'll start stressing myself out and then it wouldn't get finished because I just wasn't like feeling it. And after a while I kind of like would step away from it and come back and be like, you know what, I'm just going to make this the way, you know, I want to do it. So I, you know, I'll just use whatever renders were convenient to me, you know, like key shot or marmoset, something that was quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's awesome that, you know, a lot of employers, you know, people like Jerron who, you know, you know, aren't just robots and they can <laughs> see, you know, they can see like potential, even though like none of that stuff was obviously rendered in the Fox engine, mm-hmm. you can still see that I understood lighting, I understood value, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. it's like, oh well, he can definitely come in, and we can we, we could teach him all that technical stuff. Yeah. Um, but the the drive is there, you know. He's got a lot of he's put out a lot of work, and you know, that's uh, what's important. So that's really I think that's the main thing to focus on is just you know putting out work that's that's true to you and uh, just getting trying to get better every every time every piece that you're working on. So how how many hours per night do you actually do, do you sit down usually at nine p.m. and and start cranking, or is yeah. there is there okay is yeah. there like a certain schedule that you stick to that that works for you or and um, how long did it take for you to stick to that schedule to to find a time that you you you, you click the best and, and stuff like that? You know, to tell you the truth, most times I just uh, once I get a lather going, I just kind of zone out and I look up and it's like, oh crap, it's two o'clock in the morning, like, I need to go to bed, you know, or something like. But uh. I'd say it is important to try to condition yourself, if you can, to give yourself deadlines. Um, I kind of give myself rough deadlines. Like, um, you know, it's like, okay, well, I just start modeling this guy. You know, I, I, sh- I, I really don't want to spend more than three nights blocking this guy out. So, like, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give myself a rough deadline. I was, okay, no more than three nights blocking him out. Then no more than, like, you know, a week uh, sculpting, you know, like, or something like that. So I give myself kind of rough deadlines. I, I never really give myself a specific date, like, oh, I need to get this done by March 2nd or else I'm going to imaginary fire myself, you know, for being so slow. It's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, once again, burning out is a is a real possibility it's a reality and you know you always want to keep in mind that you have a day job and that day job takes precedence um so i kind of just uh tell myself okay well it's more like i want to try not to start too late like okay come home eat dinner and maybe watch a show and then you know i I need to get to it by at least nine o'clock otherwise i'm going to be up till three in the morning and then work's going to suck tomorrow because i'm going to be tired um, so that's really what I think about. Just try not to stay up too late. Mm-hmm. I'd say like a rule of thumb, you want to spend at least like, you know, two hours with it. Because, I mean, it takes like, at least for me, it takes like a half an hour just to kind of get into it. Kind of just to clear out your head from the, you know, your day at work, your commute, whatever else is going on in your life. It takes like a half hour just to kind of, you know, silence those voices and kind of like, you know, uh, settle into what you're working on. And then you've got, you know, like, I'd say like, 
an hour to two hours that you're just in the zone where you're just right. you know, you're not paying attention to time at all and you're just kind of like into what you're doing and then it's kind of like that cool down where you when you first glance up at the clock it's like oh crap it's it's one o'clock but i'm not done yet i need to like you know i need to do at least one test render before i go to bed or something like that so you give yourself another half hour or something like that and then you just like as i'm like walking to bed i'm like wow i just spent three hours you know that's mm-hmm. crazy and so it just kind of ends up being that time like when you're when you're really into it it's kind of just uh it's like when you're playing games for me. It's like when I'm playing video games, I don't really notice how long I've been playing. Right. And just kind of like, you know, I, I start up the game and I, you know, I start my save game. I start, you know, figuring, you know, remembering where I left off. I'm, I'm playing for so many hours and it's like, oh shit, it's getting late. I need to find, a, I need to save somewhere, yeah. you know, as soon as this cutscene's over. It's kind of the same thing with my art. I kind of approach it the same way. Yeah. I always awesome. find like if you get past the first 10 minutes, at least for me, I don't even care as much even if i start out all groggy yeah yeah like if you can just say all right i'll do 10 minutes and see where it goes it helps exactly and and make it comfortable for yourself you know like make it uh because it doesn't have to be work i mean like i I put on music or i'll put on like a a podcast uh, a podcast like this one maybe even (laughs) oh uh, like you already (laughs) (laughs) and you know just uh kind of zone out and uh you know just make it i make it comfortable for myself i like you know I'll, i'll pour myself a glass of juice or uh, whatever else it takes me to get me through the night, and uh, you know, whatever Netflix is binge, <laughs> watch a whole show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, I try not to put on anything with like pictures on it. Like I can't, you know, obviously I can't work while I'm watching Game of Thrones unless it's an episode that I've seen like five times. Um, but yeah, like just you know, I make it comfortable for myself. I keep my work area comfortable for me. I get a nice comfortable chair. Just make it so it's not like a a drag, you know, because I'm sure we've all been there we've had a job or something like that it's like god oh, you know i just hate going to this place air condition is too cold and the chair's hard and you know i just try to make it so i don't ever because there, there are going to be nights no matter how dedicated you are you can be you know you can be johnny dedicated all you want but there's definitely going to be those nights where you really don't feel like working on your piece but you realize it's like man it's been like a week since i worked on that i, I you know i don't want to lose my momentum right and so you kind of like you have to get yourself back into that and like you said yeah once you you got to almost trick yourself, you know, just and be like, okay, maybe I'll just work on it for an hour. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, just an hour. And so you, you sit down and after those first 10 minutes, you're like, okay. And before you know it, it's been three hours. I've, yeah. I've tricked myself that way. I don't know how many times. Like, no, I'll just work on it for an hour tonight, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's never an hour. It's always at least two hours, two and a half hours. And so, yeah, just getting kind of getting started and keeping yourself motivated. Remember where you left off and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I was right about to – uh like add some really cool leather texture to those uh, to to that jacket. You know, I really was uh, interested in doing that. You know, and kind of get myself back into it. Well, we are at the forty-five minute mark, and I've got a Coca-Cola in the fridge with my name on it. We're gonna take <laughs> a break, and we'll be right back with more Game Dev Unchained the podcast. Liege is a dark fantasy told in classic JRPG form with a modern tactical twist made by Coda Games. Coming out in 2015, look for it on Steam, PS4, and Wii U. You can pre-order it today at www.codagames.com. And we're back. This is Larry Charles, Brandon Fam, and Damon Woods, and we are going to talk about the things that you need to do to be just like Damon. No, I'm kidding. Uh, We're going to get into like the helpful tips and advice on motivation and character art specifically, because those are the two things that I think that the force is strong with this one. So 
earlier you did mention the the 10 minute rule uh both brandon and damon were saying like just get in there and sit yourself down and start working yeah and just let that happen now what if you find yourself with a very busy schedule and you just before you can even plan time you just already feel like oh my god i just don't have the time how how can you overcome not having any time well i mean first of all you want to make sure that you don't have a lot of time because some people say that but Mm -hmm. you know if you took like an inventory realistically with yourself, it's like how many hours of TV do you watch? Like how much, how much games do you really play? Mm. Like when I'm playing games at this point, like I'm only really playing them most of the time to look at the character art and to see where everyone else is at. Mm-hmm. As you know, I, cause I know people that worked on those games. I want to see how they did certain things. And I mean, I'll, I'll play them for fun too and stuff, but uh, it's mostly like just uh, like research and stuff. I told you I got it really bad. It's like, I was like, I'm obsessed with this stuff now. Um, but like I'd say, like you know, if you can't find, if you really have taken inventory and you just have no time, you know, you got kids and all those things, I totally understand family issues. I mean, it's really um, see if you can move things around. See if you can maybe, you know, even wake up an hour earlier, or stay up an hour, uh, an hour later. You know, like uh, you know, little downtimes in between. You know, if you've got a laptop, you know, is ZBrush on your laptop? Is Photoshop on your laptop? Mm-hmm. You know, you can start doing that. I mean, even. Uh, a lot of people don't realize just looking at art, looking at reference is working on yourself. So, you know, every time you go to a museum, every art book that you buy and, and study every page of, every time, you know, you're watching a movie and not just, uh, you know, staring in the same direction, but, you know, actually like analyzing like what, you know, you know, the art direction and stuff like that, you're working on yourself as an artist. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're you're just always kind of getting reps in, mm-hmm. you know throughout the day you know you can gain you know experience through a lot of ways besides just working on art you know if you're you know if you if you have a coffee shop you go to bring a sketchbook with you you know and stay an extra 15 minutes and work on drawing hands because that's going to help you sculpt hands you know so it's little things just uh you know take them where you can get them throughout the day and uh it adds up it definitely adds up and it definitely makes a difference you're not just uh wasting time with that and it's it's cool because like you know people enjoy Art is one of the few things that you can do anywhere, and people will actually appreciate it. They'll even stop and admire it. Like, you know, it's it's not like that. If you're if you know if uh, if you play like guitar, then some places are appropriate for that. Most people, you know, like that, but not everyone likes the song you're playing. And you yeah. can't, you know, it'd be weird playing that like on a, a crowded bus or something like that. But you can <laughs> you can do art. You know, you can do art anywhere. You can yeah. put it like a small sketchbook in your back pocket. And draw, uh, so it's it's really uh, it's really great to you know just get it get it in wherever it fits in you know. Yeah, hell, you well. can get the new iPad and you have your whole art studio. <laughs> exactly, right in front exactly. Of you. These these pads are like that. I tell you, man, like we live in a great time because not only I mean, I say it all the time. Google is the greatest invention that happened to an artist since paintbrushes were invented. Like mm-hmm. it just like the reference that you can get is amazing. That's another thing. Like when I'm. You know, sometimes I'm just randomly online and I'll see something that's really cool that inspires me. It could be anything. It could just be like a glove that I thought looked really cool. I'll email that to myself. I've got so many emails from myself to myself. It's not even funny. Like whenever I see anything that's interesting, mm-hmm. I'll like screen cap it and send it to myself. So if you got a you know, a tablet with you or even one of those uh galaxy phones with a really big screen that you can draw on mm-hmm. and go for it. Yep. Yeah. Well I, I have a little tip. Do you uh, do you use Pinterest at all? Oh yeah, Pinterest is awesome. I love there you Pinterest. Go. Yeah, Pinterest it's, is great. it's a great way to to send references to yourself. Yeah, it was it's weird at Kojima they blocked Pinterest for some reason. I don't know why. 
Pinterest? Did they block yeah. everything else? Or no, they you can still what? use Facebook. It was so weird. Pinterest and Twitter. Twitter you couldn't use either. But that's I understand that. I'm not. I don't even use Twitter really. But Pinterest was blocked for some reason. I don't know why. And I love Pinterest. It's great. It's because it's just so organized, and you've got those walls. You know those uh, those albums and stuff. Yeah. Um, when I was when I made that Centurion piece, um, that's when I first discovered Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that Centurion, that Roman Centurion, is a combination of like. You know, twenty different armors that I that I found that I I could only really find on Pinterest. So yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Tutorials too. That's a definitely. great thing about Pinterest. You know, it's it's kind of like an all in one for artists. So definitely utilize that. Um. So coming from the other side, um, a lot of the times, um, students trying to be a character artist can be very tough. Trying at least at bigger companies, right? Trying to graduate and go to bigger companies as character mm-hmm. artists. Because as we all know, most companies have like a team of five to ten at most mm-hmm. character artists on, on their team. So it's very limited. Right. And to hand that off one of them to to a newbie can be uh, very uh you know tough to yeah. to to do it. But uh, you were saying like uh, you kind of went uh, the roundabout, like kind of, you know, you, uh, first of all, you, you, you were as a generalist, so you didn't really focus it in at all. But accidentally, though, you were hanging out with a character team. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like that is still the best way or or a, a preferred way of, of trying to be a character artist on, on, uh, on, a, on any team, really? Well, I mean... It's it's funny because I've heard all kinds of different stories about how character artists got their start, and it it comes from every kind of angle. And I think it really just has to do with uh, who you are um, as a person. Some people just know right off the bat they're going to be a character artist. Like Frank, he just knew when he was in school. He's like, I'm going to be a character artist, and that's all I care about. That's all I'm going to do. There's no other options. And he just from day one he focused on that. So by the time he graduated, he already had like you know he had been a character artist for years. You know. And uh, he just fell right into it. Um, and some people, um, they don't know because they're, they're really interested in a bunch of stuff. Like me, I was really interested in a bunch of things. I was genuinely interested in graphic design and film and animation, um, you know, and vehicle modeling and, you know, all that stuff. So because I, you know, I kind of treated the industry as a buffet as opposed to like a specialty uh, dish or something like that. Like I, I kind of like, you know, it took me a little longer to find my way. Uh, some, a lot of people are like that. A lot of people, they, they have a ton of ambition. They have a ton of interest. And it's like a battle to see which of those interests is going to come out on top. And you just got to find yourself because um, I definitely, uh, I'm glad that I started off as a generalist because I have such a broad knowledge now. Mm-hmm. Like I know, like, you know, like I know all the 3D packages. I know Max, Maya, Softimage, um, you know. Whereas a lot of people, you know, they know one or the other. You know, I, I know how to animate. I know, you know, how to rig. I know, like, all these things that have helped me get jobs and keep them in the industry. Um, so that actually helped me a lot because I have a little bit more of a uh, a well-rounded, um, you know, pedigree. So I'd say it really just has to do with uh, with uh, you as an artist. You know, some people start off as concept artists and then they go into – character art you know it's uh it's it's always like I, I don't want people to think like oh i already set down this path and i need to you know i guess i'm just this is the life i've chosen now and then they kind of are miserable after five years um i guess you really just want to you know feel it out and then you know you find your your calling and even when you you decide you want to be a character artist 
Um, you can narrow it down even more. Like maybe you just want to do creatures. Maybe you just want to do sci-fi. Maybe you just want to do medieval stuff. Um, that's where all that personal work comes in because you can experiment at home and be like, you know what? I really don't enjoy modeling you know, medieval armor as much as I thought. You know, I like looking at it. It looks mm-hmm. really cool, but I hate modeling. And I feel I'm that way about sci-fi stuff. I love sci-fi. It's my favorite genre. Mm-hmm. But every time I've got to sit down and poly model some uh, some sci-fi armor for days and days, it's just a drag. And so, uh, you know, and I only discovered that through doing it, you know, myself. So I say just, you know, kind of uh, just experience a lot of stuff and then you'll you'll narrow it down eventually. So I would say right now, I mean, obviously you're an incredibly talented character artist, but I'm, I'm sure you still find inspiration out there or you still find examples of character art where you're like, wow, like I want to get to this level, you know? Of course. Um, how do you, I guess, incentivize yourself or how do you even develop your eye so that you can continue to push your artwork to get to better and better levels? That's a really good question. I actually say like developing the eye is the most important thing. Okay. Um, I'd say like, you know, learning all the uh the tools and stuff like that, learning Max, learning Maya, learning Marvelous Designer. Um, that's all great, you know, if you just want to be a technical artist, but if you want to be an actual artist, yeah, developing that eye is the most important thing. And to do that, you gotta do like uh kind of what I was talking about before with, you know, just finding things around you that inspire you. I'd say like, you know, going on art station and, you know, the different forms and stuff and looking at the awesome art. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to start. That's always where I usually start, you know, because I always see stuff that's amazing. I see, you know, the way certain people do faces or the way certain people get materials that look so good or, you know, and then that'll kind of lead me down a rabbit hole. It's like, wow, this guy used uh, – what's this uh, renderer that this guy used? Oh, I've never heard of that. And I'll start researching that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's really cool. But you also want to take yourself outside of the, you know – the 3D realm and, you know, look at other stuff. Go to museums, you know, go to the Getty and the LACMA and, you know, anything that you can uh, actually go and see. Um, you know, it was really cool. I got to see a uh, uh, Da Vinci um, exhibit at um, the Getty a few years ago and it had all of his uh, sculptures. It, it focused on his sculptures more than his paintings. And that was awesome. I got to see stuff I'd never even seen before mm-hmm. from every angle. And uh, you kind of look how they execute it. And so doing that, um, even watching movies, watching movies is great, you know, uh, research because you can, uh, you know, watch the first, like I, I would say, watch the movie the first time to just enjoy the movie mm-hmm. just as a fan and watch it the second time to kind of dissect it, you know, and, and find out why it made you feel a certain way. When I watch Aliens, you know, that's like one of my favorite movies and it's like, why, why does this movie give me this feeling in this part? You know, it's part of it's the lighting, part of it's the choices they used in colors, or the materials and stuff, you know, everything looks so wet, you know, and, and so I try to, you know, it's like, wow, you know, that would be really cool to kind of take that one little pit uh, piece and kind of add it to my work, you know, maybe I should like, you know, add some wetness to this over here. I didn't even think about that. Um, reading books, you know, uh, another thing that I love to do when I'm not listening to uh, music or podcasts, audiobooks. Audiobooks are great ways yeah. of really, like, you know, it's, it's, people don't think about that, you know, when, when they, you know, say to build your visual library, no one ever thinks about reading because, you know, they just think of it as words. But it really is a great way because books are so, you know, authors are obviously the most descriptive people. And they, they'll describe things in ways that you never even thought of, you know, and that can definitely influence you as an artist. So it's really just, you know, getting yourself out there and experiencing different things. And it, it'll build your eye. You'll start looking at things from different angles. You'll start, you know, seeing things that you didn't see before. 
Um, you know, the, the constantly asking yourself questions like, why does this movie or this image make me feel a certain way? Why is it put? You know, why does this make me feel so? creepy or why does this make me feel so happy mm-hmm. and you know you kind of dissect it uh, art books you know, you know getting getting into books you know books uh like art books i buy those all the time it's never a bad investment i just recently bought the uh star wars force awakens uh book i'm looking at it right now uh and that's like awesome because you could see like like the whole pipeline of what artists had to go through and uh and you know uh for instance like uh the uh the main bad guy in Force Awakens, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. It, it shows like the whole process of the artist developing that character. They had like different artists tackling from different angles, and you can see their thought process. They, and when when he first started off, he looked completely, completely different. Before they even knew who his character was mm-hmm. or what he, you know, where he fit into the mo- uh, the the story, they they were developing him. And uh, you know, they, you can see the different angles that they tried. Different uh, color schemes, um, different, you know, um, how, how shiny to make his helmet, how how gritty to make it, you know, should his cape be shorter or longer. And, you know, all the different developer notes I had in there, it, it really got me thinking about things I never even thought about. It's like, yeah, I never even thought about that, that if the cape is shorter, it makes him look like he's more, uh, you know, of a melee character. If it's longer, he looks more like Regal, and, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that, you know. So all that stuff just comes together and then it'll just kind of uh it just builds your eye that way so mm-hmm. uh, yeah just expose yourself to awesome art what is the one mistake that you learned that you wish you would have learned when you first started getting into character art oh that's a good one uh i probably say uh probably going back to talking about you know trying to make other people happy mm-hmm. and not yourself um trying to you know predict uh what you know art directors and stuff are gonna want to see from you i mean at at one at a certain point that's good to think about you know you don't want to go completely off the reservation and just like you know um you know you're not modeling like pokemon characters when you're trying to apply for naughty dog you know i get that but at some point it has to be really about you as an artist because i mean that's really what's going to come through so i say yeah like the biggest mistake was um probably you know trying to do what other people want to see more than what i want uh you know put out there that was always the artwork that was, you know, the most popular with other people, uh, the stuff that, you know, just came from like kind of my inner child, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just wanting to, to make stuff, you know, cool that I'd want to see. And it turned out other people wanted to see it too. So that was cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It sounds like you built a lot of good habits, just building the stuff that you wanted. And, um, it took you a lot further, uh, than you started out with. Um, just, 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 Doing something passionate and seeing it all the way through, and it probably helps you at work. Like even if you get characters that you don't want to do, <laughs> yeah, you probably just had that mindset and have it already uh, fused in your your daily activity. So it was it just made it easier. He's like, oh, I'll make a character. Bam, 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 bam. Exactly. It's just the uh, try to find a challenge in it that you know that uh maybe it's something that you want to work on. It's it's always good to know your limitations too. Like uh, like I say, you know, if you're if you, if you notice that you're way better at uh, sitting down and, and organic modeling something, like sculpting something, then that's probably your strength. If you're way better at like building like really uh, detailed, uh, specific like hard uh, surface stuff, then focus on that more. But then if you if someone throws you like an organic character and you're like more of a hard surface guy, you you know instead of being like, oh, this is so annoying, I hate doing this stuff, be like, well, this is a good opportunity for me to work on a weakness and get paid for it, you know. Mm-hmm. 
so uh i mean it's definitely a there's always a way to drive to drive yourself um there's a of course like you know because i'm a sports fan i always make sports analogies uh and uh bob Cousy said a long time ago the the boston celtics great he said uh the difference between a amateur and a professional as an amateur does you know what he wants but a professional does something even when he doesn't want to he'll mm. show up to work even when he doesn't want to he'll do something even though he doesn't feel like it mm. that's the difference if you want to be a professional then you have to be expected to do stuff even you know when that's not really your cup of tea even when you're not comfortable mm. and you'll be stronger for it you know every single time i've tackled something that i didn't want to do and then did it anyways i came out the other end as a better artist and a better mm. professional because of it Man, that's great stuff, and uh, and we really appreciate you taking the time to sit with us and talk to our audience. And the longtime fans of the podcast know exactly what time it is. This is when we shut up and we give you an opportunity to reach out to the audience and promote, advertise, or you know, just build awareness for anything that you'd like. So, uh, Mister Woods, the audience is yours. <laughs> oh man, the spotlight's on. Uh, really, just uh, just keep on checking out my art. I guess you know. Um, Give me some feedback. Uh, my website's uh, dkwoods.com. Uh, you can also find me on ArtStation, Zebra Central, pretty much all the you know forums where character artists like to uh, hang around. Um, I'm also teaching at uh, the CG Master Academy right now, CGMA, uh, as an instructor. Uh, we've got a new um, 3D character uh, pipeline that we've uh, got right now. You guys might have heard about cgma for all the you know really awesome 2d artists that we have working there like kaylin shock and uh and patrick Ballesteros. but we've also got the 3d section um so definitely you know go and uh check out uh you know cg master academy and uh you know if you're interested in taking some classes uh you know and you know brushing up your 3d skills whether you're a student or if you're a professional that just wants to get better uh check it out i'll be there so yeah that's my plug <laughs> All right, well, since I'm the first one to grab the mic after you put it down, this is Larry Charles. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Uh, this is Brandon Pham. See you guys next week. <laughs> this is DeMond Woods. Take it easy. Thanks for having me.
If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.